There's a reason why in Florida, professional wrestling was deemed an essential business. Because it kicks ass. This is Heel Turns and Headlocks. And this is Bear DiGiulio and Brian LaPrey. and gentlemen welcome to another edition of the heel turns and headlocks podcast i am your co-host brian Lepray, and with me as always the one the only not rick shay bear de julio i need a better intro it's okay i'll take it what's going on ladies and gents we are here today to ask the most important and most divisive question in all of sports entertainment brother brother or professional wrestling and that is, who is the GOAT? Complicated, I know. But we are here to debate that. And off the top, we're going to say respect is owed to the people that we do not name here. We are not excluding them because we think they suck, at least not all of them. Um, Some actually may suck as human beings, for the record. Yes, that that much is true. Yeah. But... On the topic of this, we, we essentially, we chose our two. They happen to be different. So while usually we're furthering each other's points today, we're going to be debating. And uh, yeah, let, let's let's get right into it and say, no, the people that we've chosen are not Hulk Hogan or The Rock or Ric Flair. Um, mm-hmm. Or for that matter, not John Cena. And I know that cuts the list down dramatically, and maybe we'll be, quote-unquote, showing our age, if you will. But these are our selections. We feel pretty strongly about them. And on that note, let's get into it. Bear Julio, who's the GOAT? Glass shatters in the background. <clears throat> yes. Oh, my personal GOAT, and I believe... So, before I say that, actually... um. The score.com. I, I wrote this when me when Brian and I discussed this next pod episode, I did a little research. And ironically enough, I didn't tell Brian about this. I just wanted to keep this a secret. The score.com, which is, you know, fairly big sports website, they did a bracket on who the goat wrestler is. Oh, you son of a bitch. Guess who won with fifty-two percent of over twenty-six thousand votes hornswoggle you guessed it horny no (laughs) okay ironically enough and i don't want to spoil brain's goat here but this man actually beat brain's goat in the final ironically enough 52 percent to 48 percent stone cold steve austin is my personal goat i became enamored with professional wrestling because of Stone Cold. Um, the first time I put on a television, you know, I mean, look, Eddie Guerrero was my first. Eddie Guerrero was the first wrestler, wrestler I loved, right? Like, I guess there's a difference between pro wrestler and sports entertainer. Stone Cold falls more into the sports entertainment category, I guess you could say. Yeah. But for me personally, Stone Cold Steve Austin is my GOAT. Um, 
shall I run down the resume that you know speaks for itself? Now, granted, Stone Cold's longevity is that how you say it? Whatever doesn't match Brian's goat, right? Um, and he's a very Austin was also a very polarizing figure. Uh, I I was just watching the I was just watching a YouTube video about the time when he quote unquote from Jim Ross took his ball and went home. Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of people can say that he was not right to do that. He didn't want to give the honors to Brock Lesnar. He didn't want to do business for anybody but himself. Subjective, you know, we weren't there. I can't speak on that much, right? But mm-hmm. to me, and even, you know, my friend Dwayne The Rock Johnson, well, actually, Dwayne on Twitter the other day mentioned that Stone Cold is the second goat behind Bruno San Martino. Now, I don't know much about Bruno's career. I know he had a very long WWE championship reign. But look, I'm finally on the Wikipedia so I can say it. Stone Cold has done it all. Six WWF championships, two Intercontinental championships, million dollar championship, a couple of tag team titles, King of the Ring, obviously, as we all know, one of Austin's greatest moments came from the King of the Ring when he cut that Austin 316 promo. Austin 316 says, I just whooped your ass. You know, he didn't win one Royal Rumble. He didn't win two Royal Rumbles. This beautiful bald-headed motherfucker won three Royal Rumbles. Okay? You know, he was the fifth Triple Crown champion ever. You know, uh, slammies don't matter, whatever. Um, And also in WCW, he was a world television champion, United States champion, tag team champion. The man's done it all. To me, he trans... You know, he is the GOAT because I can go into someone's house right now Someone random and be like Stone Cold Steve Austin, and he'd be like, "Well, first of all, what the fuck are you doing in my house?" But second of all, be like, <laughs> I know that name. That's a wrestler, right? Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there are not many guys like that anymore. And I know I I believe Brains Brains Goat is the same way. You can say his name to anyone, and they'd be like, "Oh, that's the wrestler, right?" You don't have to know wrestling to know who Stone Cold Steve Austin is. That's how important he is to just the world, I guess you can say. Yeah, I mean, it's, I yeah. guess, a little broad, but everybody knows who he is. And the Austin 316 shirt is just probably one of the most iconic shirts in all of wrestling. Everybody, rem- you know, every wrestling fan remembers the time when Stone Cold and Booker T brawled in a uh, grocery store <laughs> you know everybody remembers when stone cold came out with the beer truck and sprayed his boss with it everybody remembers that heel turn heel turns and headlocks happens into a theater near you um it's you know to me he's the goat because of the way that he transcends wrestling and mainstream media right again you can go to anyone and say Stone Cold Steve Austin. They'd be like, "What?" He also I see made, what you did there. Yeah, thank you. He made a four-letter word. You know, to this day, to this day, it's annoying. Don't get me wrong, and even he'll tell you that. I'm, you know, if you listen to his um Broken Skull sessions, he's actually mentioned like, he's like, I really wish people would cut the what crap off because it adds nothing, <laughs> and it's especially disrespectful. And you know. 
it's especially disrespectful when it's like a foreigner, for example, trying to cut a promo and people are screaming, what? It's, you know, but again, that's a completely different topic. (laughs) He made the middle finger the coolest thing to do. I remember going to school back in the day and I'd wear my Austin 316 shirt and I'd just start flicking everybody off and probably wasn't the best idea. Probably not. No, but, you know, again, the guy is just, again, transcended wrestling, transcends, you know, and I'm not saying he was a good, you know, I don't think he was a bad actor per se, but I don't think he was winning any Grammys or Oscars. Or, I mean, one of them is for singing. I forget which one, but I didn't mind. Uh, what was it? The Expendables. He was pretty good in there, right? Or was it The Condemned? I did not hate The Condemned. That was a good movie. Yeah, I did not hate it. I, I know there are some people that say, you know, he wasn't that good. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, Look, Austin is the GOAT. And there is, you know, unlike a previous episode where Jared kind of treated my life, shout out Jared, and he said that Ronda doesn't deserve to be on the Mount Rushmore of women's professional wrestlers, my mind cannot change on Stone Cold Steve Austin. And look, I can go down the list, but there are so many wrestlers, so many Hall of Famers, so many icons in music, so many icons in acting and just all forms of entertainment that'll tell you the same thing. Like they watched wrestling because of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. He was very popular in the mainstream. He, you know... Was his career cut short due to a neck injury? Yeah. Does he have the longevity that a guy like Brian's goat had? Of course not. In which, you know, that's one thing that, you know, he's got on him. Yeah, no, I just, you go down this, you go down his resume and it's, it's incredible. And you see guys like Hulk Hogan will even, you know, and Hulk Hogan almost never gives credit where credit's due. Right. From what I understand. But even he has mentioned in interviews that Stone Cold is one of, if not the greatest of all time. And 26,000 votes do not lie on the score.com's um, bracket for greatest wrestler of all time. <laughs> in a closely contested final, earning 52% of over 26,000 votes, Stone Cold Steve Austin was your GOAT. I find it ironic that he beat Brian's GOAT in the final of the voting results. But. Again, this is not something that I'm going to change my mind on. And, Brian, I want you to take the floor on your goat. Well, that's a quite a compelling case. Now, I was not expecting to go on that tangent. Well, that that's okay. I enjoyed it. Hopefully all the listeners at home enjoyed it. Imagine, like, five minutes in, they're like, fuck this guy. <laughs> well, I, I can't really argue against anything that you said because as you stated stone cold steve austin i mean he is the attitude era and he he was that perfect storm who came along at the perfect time and was everything that not just wrestling fans but society was all about and i think that's when wrestling is at its best i know that it can be controversial and people feel like oh you can't do that and but i think art imitating life is the best form of art in general let alone professional wrestling and stone cold uh 
captured the essence of the country, of the world, and pieced it together into a character that will never be forgotten. It's just he's not the best character of all time because that's Ooh. my goat. The Undertaker. You can call me a prisoner of the moment. If you know me at all, you know I've been an Undertaker fan since forever. I am one of the rare people who loved Biker Taker. And by the way, if you go back and you rewatch some of his matches and feuds, they really weren't bad. They were actually very entertaining. And some of his best work in a lot of places, it's just, it was such a dramatic departure from a beloved character that even a good character became hated and underrated by how many people said it was overrated. But let's just talk about the whole career. You want to talk resume, seven-time world champion, six-time tag team champion, one-time hardcore champion. And I guess you could say seven-time tag team champion because he and Kane, as the brothers of destruction, one of the best tag teams of all time, also won the WCW tag team titles, even though they were under the WWF banner at that point. But you look at it, and you look at Taker and... I have nothing against Stone Cold, but The Undertaker changed wrestling forever, and it's not as simple as people make it out to be. A lot of people talk about the character, and we're going to get there. Incredible character. But what about the wrestler? What about the near seven-footer who was doing these incredibly athletic things that no one had ever seen someone his size pull off? And I love Andre the Giant as much as the next guy, but The Undertaker's athleticism, those slow-paced matches that would pick up out of nowhere with just a burst of energy, it almost set the stage for literally everything that you see in professional wrestling today with the slow pace and the slow pace and then boom, pick up. And Taker was doing that at, what, 6'10", 6'11"? It's crazy. 300-plus pounds. You know, I think in the ring he's genuinely underrated because people talk so much about the character and rightfully so and some people go yeah well you know in the ring he wasn't all that we all know that's not true we say those things and in some cases maybe we mean them but you know go back and watch no way out when the undertaker wrestled kurt angle how realistic that fight was everything was just psychology 101 go back and watch biker taker against Jeff Hardy in a ladder match, a match that made Jeff Hardy into a single star forever. No doubt. The Undertaker would say, I'm going to make you famous, and then he would make you famous, because if you could hold your own with The Undertaker, it meant that you could hold your own with literally anyone. It was a respect factor. We've all heard the stories of in the locker room how he was, you know, judge, jury, and executioner. Mm. But let's even just focus on wrestling, right? What a resume it is. You know, Bear and I both were huge fans of titles like the Intercontinental Championship and the United States Championship. If used properly, they can build people up. What does it say about Taker that he never went for any singles title other than the world title? Yes, he had the hardcore title. That was at a stage where he just wanted to beat the shit out of people. Fair. Like, he didn't care about anything but his business and i think that enhances his character so much because he was driven and motivated by one thing and that was proving that he was better than everybody and he did it in such a unique way you have the iconic moments with the crucifix i mean crucifixion of well stone cold steve austin <laughs> the, the 
the Stephanie McMahon moment, the the where are you headed moment with Teddy Long. The Undertaker could make you laugh. He could make you genuinely terrified. And that was the beginning of his character for a guy who really, unlike anyone else in the history of wrestling, got better as he got older. It's funny to think about, but you could argue that The Undertaker's best wrestling was around the time that he was like 44 years old and beyond. True. You can talk about recent years and how you didn't like this down the third Pro Wrestling Illustrated and Wrestling Observer Newsletter. And you know that Dave Meltzer watches all the wrestling from all around the world. They both, in 2009 and 2010, called Undertaker vs. Shawn Michaels at both of those WrestleManias the match of the year. Because it was. They were two of... You might have preferences, but you put those two matches against any matches in the history of wrestling, and they not only hold up, but they blow 99% of them out of the water. And then when people said, well, you know, Sean is Sean, Taker went on to have another classic against Triple H the next year, and another the next year, and another against Punk the next year. Stone Cold was synonymous with probably the most beloved era in wrestling history. I don't think anybody will dispute that. Even if it's not your favorite, it's definitely the most beloved. Everybody loves and idealizes the Attitude Era. Any wrestling fan knows this. But The Undertaker was synonymous with WrestleMania. The biggest event in the history of wrestling, bar none. I love Wrestle Kingdom as well. 36 fucking years. 36 years and when you mention wrestlemania the first name that pops into your head don't even try to deny it is the undertaker i don't know i think lucky can it might be a close number two but there we go pineapple moment you know and you can point to some of the you know i guess the giant gonzalez match it wasn't great i A-Train and Big Show, which actually was a good match. It's just because Nathan Jones has not been seen since, it feels like it fell flat. The Undertaker, year after year, was having great matches. You look at WrestleMania 17, his match against Triple H was one of the best matches of the night at arguably the best WrestleMania of all time. His match against Ric Flair was incredible. When he returned as the dead man at WrestleMania 20 was an iconic moment. His match with Randy Orton stole the show. That match made Randy Orton because it solidified his place as the guy. And we all still remember the reversal of a chokeslam into an RKO. And as Baron and I always love to say, it takes two to tango. It's true. He had great matches. We all remember Shawn Michaels and beyond, but it's like from WrestleMania 21 up until then, the match with Randy, the match with Mark Henry, the match with Batista, the incredible match with Edge. He was having classics year after year. That is why he became synonymous with WrestleMania. That is why in a day and age where everybody complains about every booking decision under the sun, nobody gave a flying fuck that The Undertaker was 21-0. and 0. Nobody. They loved it. And as Edge recently said on The Undertaker's documentary, a lot of people have said it outside of the documentary. We all know it's true. WrestleMania has kind of suffered since The Undertaker lost the streak. It's true. Because you had, always, you had the two world title matches. You had 
everything else going on, and that was great, but everybody knew what really headlined the show. Whoever the main event was, good for you. Your job tonight is not just to have a great match, it's to try and do better than The Undertaker, and we all know that's not going to happen. Because that was the draw. No titles, no nothing. I th- What, Batista and Edge were for the world title. I think the Psycho Sid match was for the WWF Championship. Outside of three matches in 21-0 years, only three of those matches were for the world title. 18 of 21 were for nothing other than the streak and the story that that man was telling with whoever he was in the ring with. And every year, people showed up to see The Undertaker. That's, that's, That's a very good point, my friend. To me, The Undertaker, and I know some people are going to go, you know, it's prisoner of the moment. It's not. The Undertaker has transcended professional wrestling to the point that I think that it's safe to say that The Undertaker is the most famous wrestler of all time. And what I mean by that is Hulk Hogan did movies and press appearances and this and that. The Rock is the biggest movie star in the world. Stone Cold, people know him outside of wrestling. Up until the past, what, two or three months, nobody knew The Undertaker as anything other than The Undertaker. I would hazard a guess that most people wouldn't even know that his name is Mark Calloway. I think that's fair. That's a fair assessment. And even still, everybody knows The Undertaker. He was a presence, and we talk about moments, and we talk about characters. Let's be real. We've seen a hundred demonic characters and this and that, blah, blah, over the years. And the only one that has really lasted is The Undertaker. To the point that 29 years after he debuted, in 2020, when everybody under the sun... Excuse me, 30 years after he debuted, because he did originally... uh, (laughs) Funny enough... He debuted as Kane the Undertaker. Oh, Jesus. They got it right, thankfully. Um, For once. For once. 30 years as the Undertaker. 30 years as the Undertaker. And in 2020, when we question everything and kayfabe is dead and all of that, whenever that dong hits, everybody, for as long as the Undertaker is out in the ring feels like a kid again, where they believe every single thing they're seeing. Because The Undertaker is the king of suspending disbelief. And that, my friend, is why he's the GOAT. Isn't wrestling great? (laughs) Where there can be multiple GOATs. And even in basketball, people can debate between LeBron and Michael Jordan and all that good stuff. Here we're going to debate. The GOAT on wrestling, Austin, The Undertaker. And yeah. that's yesterday I made it I made it very obvious of what we were going to talk about on the Facebook when I posted this stat. And I'm going to read it to you right now. It's popping up. Bear with me. Huh, bear. Yesterday on this date in history, wrestling history, I should say, June 28th. This is going to be posted tomorrow, so, you know, two days ago. Whatever. My point is, Stone Cold Steve Austin defeated The Undertaker. To win the WWF Championship for a fourth time. This was on Monday Night Raw, by the way. 
This match is still the highest rated segment in wrestling cable TV history, scoring a nine scoring a nine point five rating. I found that stat very funny because of, you know, again, Brandon and I we talk all day every day. We talk wrestling all day every day. We talk podcast mostly all day every day. So for me to see this stat, and I knew he was going to pick the Undertaker as his goat. To me, this speaks volumes as to why these two men can be argued as the greatest of all time, right? Yeah. A 9.5 rating is insanity. (laughs) WWE and wrestling in general, I don't even think regular television shows, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't even think they see that number anymore. No. But on this day in wrestling history, June 28th, I believe it was 21 years ago. And, you know, there have been a lot of anniversaries lately. I know The Undertaker's um, match with Mankind also celebrated an anniversary as well. And, again, that's another huge moment in wrestling history and in anything pertaining to sports and entertainment, right? The Undertaker throwing Mankind off the steel cell. Again, moment, right? Yeah. Everybody remembers watching The Undertaker just plummet. They tried to do something similar with Shane McMahon a couple years ago and The Undertaker at WrestleMania. It didn't quite have that same effect. Whatever, right? It was still really cool to see, don't get me wrong, and Shane McMahon's a fucking lunatic. (laughs) But that was another one of those things where it's like, God damn, The Undertaker. You know, and again, I'm not discrediting anything The Undertaker's ever done. The dude is one of the greatest of all time. At least to me, one of. To Brian, he is the greatest of all time. Yeah. But, you know, again, I go back to when I was a kid and I'm watching this man flip his boss off. And, I, you know, I, I don't condone violence on women, but when he, like, he would stunner Linda McMahon and it was just like, this man just doesn't give a shit. Yeah. It's the coolest thing. And then... You see him give Stone Cold stunners to guys like Scott Hall and The Rock who just sold it as if they legitimately got stunned, you know? And again, I know that everybody's going to say, well, you know, the Tombstone Piledriver is probably a better move. Yeah, probably, because in retrospect, when you look at a Stone Cold stunner, it's a really weird maneuver. Yeah. Put the guy's head in between, you know, in your shoulder and just sit down with it. It's, It's weird, right? When in my failed professional wrestling career, I tried to do a bare cold stunner. It didn't quite look <laughs> as good. I'd also do a tombstone pile bearer. I got to stop with the bear puns, but you guys know what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> like from a wrestling standpoint, I would give the nod to the undertaker, the, you know, stone cold. And I, I mentioned this before stone cold was never known as like the guy that is, that's going to put on a clinic. Right. Even though, even though, even though, in 1997, him and Bret Hart had that submission match at WrestleMania 13 that just fucking killed. Well, that that's kind of the funny thing about Stone Cold is it's like, in WCW, he was regarded as one of the best wrestlers in the world. Yep. But he knew well enough. It's like, well, if that's not enough for you, then I'm going to channel all of the anger that's actually inside of me. And credit to Paul Heyman for helping him do that. Yeah, for sure. Um. For those who don't know, after Stone Cold was basically told, we're not going to pay you what you want, he left WCW. The reason he left and wanted all that money is because he was hurt, and he felt that, you know, they should probably fucking take care of him. 
one would assume you would take care of a guy that could easily lead your new generation of talent, right? You'd think. And, you know, Stone Cold went to ECW, did some, you know, promo classes, I guess you could say. Uh, And the end result was Stone fucking Cold. Which, again, like, and to to kind of go back to Brian's point about The Undertaker, nobody in... Nobody can tell me that they would think a guy like The Undertaker with a gimmick like that could ever last, right? No. And they've tried really hard to kind of play off of that. You know, guys like Mordecai come to mind, where it's like that particular style, that element of not goth per se, but there's a word I'm looking for, but like that dark essence, I guess. Yeah. Only a guy like Mark, you know, again, Mark Calloway, who who even knew that was his fucking name, right? Until somewhat recently, unless you were a super dork like us who reads up on all this stuff. Like, we spend way too much time on wrestling Wikipedia pages. Hence why we do a podcast. However, you know, again, to backtrack, The Undertaker is not a character that anybody would suspect to have not only the longevity, but for it to have made the impact in professional wrestling that it did. Yeah. Like, especially in a, in an era where, you know, everybody's like, well, that's not realistic. Nobody gave a fuck if the undertaker was unrealistic or not when he would just shoot thunderbolts randomly out of his hands and (laughs) the ring suddenly had pyro. It was like, you know what? I'm not even going to, pretend to care about the suspense of disbelief and all that good stuff because it's the undertaker. Yeah. You know, and he, he makes you feel like you're actually watching a TV show. Like at the end of the day, that's kind of what wrestling is, right? It's everybody calls it a soap opera for men. And these are two characters that really led that, you know? And again, to Brian's point, he mentioned that, you know, guys like Dave Meltzer talked about her. Yeah, how The Undertaker had all these accolades. Stone Cold's got him too. I'm on the Wikipedia. Rookie of the Year in 1990. Wrestler of the Year in 98, 99, and 01. He was ranked <laughs> number one of the top 500 singles wrestlers of the PWI 500 in 98 and 99. Again, has anybody else won three Royal Rumbles? No. I don't think so. That's why the glass shatters and I win. Dun, 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 dun. No, I'm just kidding. But, you know, again, wrestling is, subje- wrestling is subjective and everybody's got their own opinion. And that's why it's so beautiful, right? And can we just say also for a second, nobody has a better opening to their theme song than these two. The glass shatters and the dong are just, iconic things and the one thing that i have to say by the way is well two things i suppose number one the undertaker who compares to that incredible thing that the undertaker would do where the lights would go off and they come back on and he's standing behind somebody (laughs) that was like the best thing on any show it was like oh shit the undertaker's behind you you're fucking dead like and it was (laughs) Every time it got me, and that, I mean, that's something I will always not only remember, but love, and it's like, look, I I know that The Undertaker says he's done wrestling, but if we could just get some cool fucking once-a-year moments like that, where he just comes back and chokeslams the hell out of somebody, I'd be so game for that. Um, 
But the other thing I want to say is, you know, two people were talking about The Undertaker recently, uh, one of whom was actually on the Ruthless Aggression, uh, I guess what, docu- I guess documentary series on WWE Network. Uh, the other was Jeff Jarrett on a video about the what would have happened if The Undertaker wrestled Sting, which probably goes down as the ultimate dream match, right? Or right in line with Stone Cold and uh, Hogan and Shawn Michaels and The Rock. It's like those three matches are like, how the hell did we never get that? But, you know, they both said something similar. Jeff Jarrett said, you know, who in the history of wrestling has debuted on top and stayed on top for 30 years? I'll give you that. There's nobody. The un- like longevity is one thing, right? Like a lot of people have longevity. Sometimes that longevity is not a good thing. And you can argue, you know, the last few years of Taker's career haven't been great. Fine, but I think that both the Extreme Rules match, the tag match with Roman against Drew and Shane was awesome, which was like a nice goodbye to Taker in the ring because we're going to pretend that all that Saudi Arabia shit never happened. Um, I'm down for that. And WrestleMania 36, the Boneyard match, it's like, what a hell of a way to go out. That match was awesome. Everybody loved that match. At least I think that's the gist of what I got. And, you know, it's true. Who has not only been around for 30 years but stayed on top? That was the main event of the first night of WrestleMania. At 56 years old. It's true. Excuse me, 55, as if there's much of a difference. I wouldn't think so. No. Not and much. The other point that I'd just like to make is something JBL said on the Ruthless Aggression uh, documentary. And he was talking about Undertaker as well as Triple H, who we will discuss at some point in the future. Obviously not on this, because he can't lace Undertaker's boots, brother. But there you go. <laughs> Sorry, Triple H. I love you. Don't don't get me censored and shit. Um, hire you. You know what? Actually, Triple H, you should hire us. You should. We will, we will delete this whole fucking thing if you just say like, "Hey, you idiots." We'll I'll pay you to shut the fuck up. Like we'll do it. We will sell our souls to the devil. It's, um, you know, it's funny. You you think we're joking? I well, I I can't speak for Brian, but I'm not kidding. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> Well, sorry, sorry. No, com- no, no comment. Um, I plead the fifth. There you go. There uh, you go. But no, you know, the other point that I'd like to make is something that JBL said is that you know, obviously, as we all know, around the same time, you, you being WWE, lost The Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and Brock Lesnar simultaneously, as well as obviously Hogan's comeback had run its course. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. So all of your top draws had left, and all the praise in the world goes to people, you know, like John Cena, Eddie Guerrero, Batista, Randy Orton, etc. People who became the faces of the company. But one of the points that JBL made about the Undertaker was that he was just always there, and I'll even acknowledge. At no point was The Undertaker really the guy in WWE. In the typical sense of it, at least. You know, at no point was he, we're going to market him everywhere, and he's going to appear on this talk show, and this and that, and blah, blah, blah. 
But he was always the guy where it was like, this person's hurt. Who do we plug in? The Undertaker. This person just left. Who do we plug in? The Undertaker. Every single time the chips were down, The Undertaker. And I know that, you know, we obviously praise Sean and Brett for getting WWF through some of those darker years where WCW was winning in the ratings. And obviously, you know, Stone Cold and The Rock for spearheading the Attitude Era. But it's like The Undertaker was there for both of those periods. Hell, The Undertaker beat Hulk Hogan to win the title for the first time. He's been at every stage of the WWE's existence since the 1980s, at least. I acknowledge he wasn't there for that. But 30 years, he's been there every step of the way. And everything he's done has had purpose. Everything he's done has enhanced professional wrestling. He's helped make new stars that you didn't know needed to be made until The Undertaker showed you how good they could really be. Because if you can have a great match with The Undertaker, you can have a great match with anybody. And I don't mean that as an insult. I mean, if you have a great match with him, that means you earned his respect. And if he respects you, everybody respects you. And, you know, I I don't like to think about WrestleMania 30 because that match never happened. Um, I can agree. But, you know, look. From day one until the end of his career, The Undertaker was all about the business. He made so many sacrifices for the business. He stayed in kayfabe for 30 years. 30 years, Mark Calloway was a non-factor, and The Undertaker was all we knew. And in the end, for his final match, which I have to think he knew would be his final match, assuming it came out well, and we all know it did, he chose the TNA guy. He chose the outsider, the guy whose name was never to be mentioned for almost 13, 14 full years. AJ Styles was the biggest non-WWE star in the world. He was the face of non-WWE wrestling. And I know that all these you know, new people have come to rise to prominence and all of this stuff. AJ has always been the guy And The Undertaker could have easily gone. It should be Cena. It should be Randy. You know, it should be Bray Wyatt. And even though I wish we could have gotten that match, he chose AJ because he's always been about the business and he's always known what is best for the business. No pun intended. Um, And I, I just think whether or not you think that he's the GOAT, whether or not you think I'm being a prisoner of the moment, and I promise you I'm not, The Undertaker's legacy is one that I don't think, goat or not, anyone can compare to. And I think you can say the same thing about Stone Cold Steve Austin, because both of these men managed to really just capture lightning in a bottle. And one had an almost MJ-like run, where he was just on top nonstop for like six years in a row. And one was like Bill Russell, where he was just... There was nobody over him, even if someone else was the guy. And hopefully you guys agree with our picks. If you don't, well, you know where to find us on social media. That's right. And we want you to engage with us. Yeah. Um, I know in previous episodes I mentioned that we're working on an app. It's coming closer and closer to fruition, I promise. Um, I'm going to advertise the hell out of this Google Voice number. But I want you guys to hit us up there as well. Um, 
I want you guys to hit us up on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, wherever you find us. We want to know who your goat is and why. Yeah. And if you make a compelling case, who knows? Maybe we'll have you on as a guest. And we'd love to debate it with you. Yeah. You know, I think it'd be really fun. Uh, so that Google voice number for everybody in the back, 614-450-0366. One more time for him. 614, not 619, Yoko, 614-450-0366. It's a Google voice number. You can text it. You can call it. I probably won't answer if you call it. <laughs> text it tell me why austin is your goat tell me why taker is your goat tell me why the rock is your goat tell me why bruno san martino is your goat if it's good you know we want to we've mentioned this we want to be the podcast that is by the fan for the fan i know that probably sounds a little cliche and i know that probably a lot of podcasts say the same thing that's fine what makes us different is that you know we're two best friends that talk wrestling we're two guys that want to engage with the audience. We don't see you guys as fans. We see you guys as one of us. You want to be a guest on the show? All you got to do is ask. We've had a couple guests already, and we're going to have more guests that share our love of professional wrestling. Yeah. So again, Facebook heel turns in. You know, the guy, the the cool guy that we hired to do our outro will tell you everything, but I'll do it too. Facebook heel turns in headlocks. Twitter, heel underscore turns underscore pod. Instagram, heel turns and headlocks. Our Google voice number, 614-450-0366. It's not quite as catchy as Mike Jones' number, 281-330-8004. But it's close. Now, again, tell us why we're dumb. We'll take it. Tell us why Batista's your goat. Tell us why Randy Orton is your goat. You probably make a compelling case as to why anybody can be the goat wrestling is beautiful and it's subjective and we want to hear from you please we want to hear from you we want to interact we want to feel like this is a community of wrestling fans more so than just us rambling because we ramble and we talk about this all the time and honestly i know it sounds cliche or i know it sounds like we say this all the time, but it's true. We thank you all so much for all of your support. Um, and we love you. We love you. We do. We very, very much do. Um, yeah. Please tell the people to not forget to wear their masks. Please and thank you. Please COVID and thank not you. not done yet. No. So. Um, what else? Keep supporting black lives. It's not that hard. Yes. Let's see. What else? I think that's it. Just don't be an asshole, basically. Yeah. And uh, don't spoil Last of Us 2 for me. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My wife would not like that. Not that she listens to us, but, you know, she's going to play that eventually. We probably should have cut off like a minute ago. That's okay. Fuck it. This is our podcast. (laughs) Ladies, gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Heel Turns and Headlocks. We will see you very soon. We promise we will get on a more set schedule. But until then, keep loving. You know, I want you to say it because that's your thing. Oh, it's both of our thing, buddy. Everybody out there, however you're feeling, just please, please keep loving professional wrestling.
Boom. You've been listening to Heel Turns and Headlocks with Bear DiGiulio and Brian LaPrey. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll be back soon with more. But until then, reach out on Facebook at Heel Turns and Headlocks, on Twitter at Heel underscore Turns underscore Pod, and on Instagram at Heel Turns and Headlocks. We'll see you next time.